Welcome to the Plus Six Podcast. My name is Pete Nogo, well, and I have AFR Ratings Pete on Twitter. Welcome to me, Nuno, on Twitter as JipperDT. Welcome back from New Zealand, Jipper. Thanks, Thanks Pete. Pete. All's well. How was the snow? Yeah, yeah really, really, really lucky, lucky to get good conditions over in Queenstown and um, had a nice, nice break, break, mate. It was, it was all great, great and um, yeah, yeah, back into footy and watching footy and only caught a few games while I was overseas and. <clears throat> but um, nevertheless, there's a lot happening in the footy world. Absolutely. So we are now down to the business end of the fantasy season. Name three areas to focus on to finish off the home and away season. Well, for me, it's, it's still team depth, number one, making sure we have that back up just in case. Um, I, we, we harp on a bit here, but that, that's still optimum right now because... As we get to the latter part of the season, players get rested or um, no risk taken with injuries and um, teams are trying to win and, and gain position in the eight and the ladder so tight. So there could be some late changes, so I'm just making sure team depth is, is there. Um, points of difference now is number two for me. It's all about getting those premiers that are a point of difference. No, uh, no more time to muck around and follow the crowd. It's um, it's who's doing what for the next four weeks and, and scoring most um, to gain rank. So that's where I'm at. And lastly, it's just captains. Again, we I probably have on this a bit as well where I leave, well, I used to leave captain thoughts to the last minute and it all used to be during the week, thinking about the trades, what am I doing, what am I doing? And then, and then I'd, I'd give five minutes of thought to captains, where now I'm doing the reverse. So uh, lots of scenarios with captains and vice captains and loopholes and all that sort of fun stuff. Yeah, for me, ownership is one. We're going to get into ownership discussion in a few minutes, but I'll just harp on this right now. Ownership is really one, uh, one to focus in on because in that midfield, it's an absolute gridlock for eight players, and that's it. it like, there's not many options apart from that, that the top-ranked players are in right now. So we'll get into that in a few minutes. So ownership is one. The next one is obviously matchups and potential tag options. So, I mean, if you've got midfielders that are facing two potential tags to finish off in the season, you might want to sort of jump off those and head somewhere else. And the third one for me is just team situation. So you just mentioned that a little bit as well. So um, out of, the one in particular is uh, teams out of finals contentions, uh, potential for role changes, and you, you mentioned uh, potential early uh, finish to a season if there's any injury concern there as well. Alrighty, on to the next one. So do you agree the best option for the ruck position to finish the season are two players, Max Gorn and Tim English? Do you agree with that statement? Uh, yes, yes, I, I do, do, but I'd throw in, obviously, Ryan Marshall as opposed to in the mix. Um, but, yeah, Gorney was back, and, and unfortunately, as a non-owner, I couldn't jump on that. Monster score of 130-plus, um, and Tim English was back to his best as well. So, yeah, in my eyes, I agree with that statement. They're, they're the two best rucks going forward, but that's not to say you can't be different. Yeah, interesting. We didn't discuss this pre-pod, is it? You know, I just put it out there for a statement to see what your thought was, so you agree with me. And the extra comment I've got to the side, which I didn't send you pre-pod, was the third option is Royal Marshall. So we're just completely aligned to what we're thinking there to, to finish off with the rucks. And obviously the flexibility there. So uh, Marshall and English can sit in that forward. And if you've got any laid outs, you know, just the flexibility of high ceiling players right at this time of the year is actually quite critical, Jeff. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So, so um, obviously, Gorn's playing Friday night, but, yeah, Tim English case set, if anything happened, he could flip 
um, Arsenal the hard to and have more options picking a forward primo than just be limited to a ruck primo as a, as a trade. So, yeah, totally agree with that. Okay, we are talking AFL Fantasy Season Long Classic Mode. This discussion is pre-round 20. This podcast has been recorded on Tuesday night, July 26. And, of course, the news has been crushed out for you on the AFL Ratings Network. The content is free. Likes and retweets are always appreciated. Again, make necessary adjustments as news comes to hand. And just on news last week, it was just it was a real light week uh, last week with regards to uh, any late out. So I think we might be okay. We've only got four weeks to get through for the final... Um, part of the AFL fantasy season, so hopefully, you know, you know, clubs are really locked down in regards to what they're doing with it, with their current protocols, uh, especially for COVID. So you've got to imagine all clubs are sort of, you know, really heightened awareness it now. So I've got to imagine we could be, you know, we're going to get through pretty much unscathed. So fingers crossed for all clubs, and obviously heading into the finals. Hopefully that is a situation for all clubs as well. All right, Jeff. So let's get into ownership here. So round. Uh, 19 ownership last week, so top 25 ownership, 20% or higher on ground. I'll drip, I'll drop below a couple uh, if they are quite relevant. So onto the ruck set, so Team English was 56%, Max Gorn 44%. Just reminder, these are on ground only. Uh, Darcy Cameron 44%, Sean Darcy 40%, Ryan Marshall 36%, and I'm just a little bit below 20% here at 16% is Rolly O'Brien. Your thoughts there? Yes, yeah, so there's a bit of uh, surprise spread there. Um, a lot of the Sean Darcy owners will trade in this week, but yeah, consistency with what we said earlier, you've gone in English from one and two. On to the defenders. So Jack Sinclair, 96%. Jack Crisp, the numbers just haven't been there recently, Jeff, so just a really big concern there. He's at 88%. James Sisley, still a solid season at 88%. Jaden Short, so he's flipped. His roles are being flipped around. It's almost a weekly basis now, and that's not we we need certainty this time of year, especially for a wholly owned player like this. And he's at 84. percent So if look if you look looking to jump off a player, might be him. And and D- Dimmer could be persistent with his using his flexibility all over uh, the team with regards to the final four games of the home and away season. Uh, again, he was at 84. percent Jordan Dawson. So he's been he was targeted last week, and you know you you got to sort of really factor in that he could be targeted for the remainder of the year. But anyway, that target option is there for opposition teams. So 80, 80% for him. Uh, Sam Doherty is solid as ever, 80%. And just a little bit below that ownership is Nick Dacos at 32%. And Harry Himmelberg, obviously he's got uh, DPP, he's at 28%. But, so six players there. Sinclair, Crisp, Cicely, Short, Dawson, Doherty, they're pretty much locked at 80% or higher, so it's a little bit of a gridlock there in that defenders. So thoughts on any one of those? Look, I think, Chris, we get creative now, and Jaden Short, I don't think he's going back to the half-back line for the last four weeks. So he's one on my radar that I'm looking to uh, trade out, as well as Jack Crisp. Um, just high-end players that you can get a leg up 20, 20 points, 30 points, 30 points here, there, and everywhere. So, food for thought for coaches out there. Yeah, and obviously, just on, just on that defender there, so um, the AFL confirmed the round 23 fixture uh, to finish off the home and away season. So those times are now locked in. Now, Sydney and St Kilda are the last game of the home and away season. And Jack Sinclair, so the Swans play the Saints in that last game. So Jack Sinclair, man... Don't forget, Ryan Clark went to him, and that was without Bradley Hill. So Ryan Clark went to him um, a few weeks ago. So 
really got to keep it. You know, if those positions were up for grabs and Sydney are chasing a top four spot and, and Saints are chopping, uh, trying to chase a final eight spot, you know, that game could be on to finish off the season. So you've got to imagine, you know, if, you know, obviously they might target Hill first for his run and spread and obviously a pretty decent carry through the Saints' defence into the midfield, into the forward line. But, yeah, Sinclair could be targeted there as well. But at least if it's not Clark, um, you've got to imagine that the, the Swans might try and tap into that one there as well. So, yeah, just keep that on the radar for my... You know, Sinclair's a really good player, especially in defence, and he's a high-selling player there as well. So, you know, when it comes down to it, if you're trying to jump those final few spots in rank, that he might be one to, you know, switch off um, in that final round. So just thoughts on that one there, Jeff. Yeah, yeah, like, we've got to make, keep an eye on the tag situation. There's easy targets out there. To me, I think coaches are tending to target the players that provide their sides with the biggest readers gain and quality disposal, and Dawson and Sinclair fit right in that category. So uh, it's not just midfielders anymore. You know, forward tags, mid-tags, it could pop up everywhere. And we got... Caldwell from Essendon putting his hand up. We've got Finn McGuinness now with a role at Hawthorne doing a role, uh, doing a tagging job, and everyone else amongst the, the group. Um, like I said, Ryan Clark and others. So monitor it, keep an eye on it, and again, don't be shy to pull the trigger on these players just because they're, um, you know, with the high average doesn't mean it's, it's the wrong trade. Okay, into the midfielders here. So really big uh, gridlock here. So it's Rory Laird, 100%. Um, no need to just flip off him. He's just a high-ceiling player. Um, interesting that John Longmore said in his press conference uh, on the weekend there, Jeff, that they, they actually tried to shut down Rory Laird on the weekend. They just couldn't do it. So, you know, he got their high-ceiling game, and, and Sydney tried to shut him down. So really interesting there. And if that's okay, if he, can't, if he can't be shut down and those ceiling games still exist, well, then he's just a a stone-cold lock for the remainder of the season. So 100% there. Lockie Neal, we know he's been targeted. So 96%. Jack Steele, solid again, 96%. Uh, Callum Mills, so that centre bounce usage has declined a little bit, but the scores are still quite solid there at 96%. And just again, on that Sydney St Kilda game to finish the season, Marcus Winder-Hager went to Tim Kelly on the weekend, so that might be an option for the Saints going back the other way for a cooler, cooler role or shutdown role in that last game of the season. So keep an eye on that for Mills. And those centre-bounce numbers were, have been down. Uh, Tuke Miller, he was tagged in the last quarter by Brisbane there, So, but he's an enormous ceiling, high-ceiling player, so I wouldn't be moving off him. Um, and it says Sun pretty much have a pretty decent draw to finish off the season, so he's at 92%. It's not one I would really want to switch off. Uh, Andrew Brayshaw, a solid year. Scores have fluctuated recently, but you know I would sort of hang on to him as... Hang on to him there as well. Again, 92%. Zach Merritt, 92%. Jack McRae, 84%. Now, interesting from Bevo last week is that he sort of referenced McRae's uh, playing a little bit of a different role last week. So he got there eventually with regards to his scores, but yeah, it was a slight shift in midfield dynamic last week for McRae. So I just wonder if, you know, if coaches are willing to get off a player that McRae might be the one to be that option. So absolute gridlock there. But I want to ask you this question there. Jeb, there are only there are only eight players above 20% there, so it's absolute gridlock there. But I'm going to ask you this question. Name one player you could trade out from that top eight. Jack McRae without any shadow of a doubt, mate. He, um, he's got to share the ball amongst all their midfield stars, and he's not adapting to the new roles as much as we'd like. So he's the one that goes. Yeah, okay, if you had a second option, who would it be? 
Um, I'd probably go Brayshaw, to be honest, because he's still a tag target for Frio. Um, I wouldn't do it this week against Melbourne, given that they don't tag and he'll have a free run on Optus Stadium. But um, maybe the weeks after, you could look to um, offload him. Interesting, the weather situation in Perth again this week for Friday, Jeb. So it, it, it's looking like it could be wet. So hopefully the weather does improve uh, once we get to Friday. So, yeah, it might be an option. But, yeah, if it's high contested type game, is it, you know, Brashaw could be in for a stack of tackles. So, you know, obviously a lot of in, in, inside contested clearances there. So it might be a bad thing if that game is actually wet. So, yeah, uh, my option, my first option to move out of that top eight, again, it's gridlock. So if you're... Uh, out of the top, you know, obviously the 25, top 100, and if you still targeting any of these players, you're actually just smashing yourself into ownership, so you're not really going to get that much movement. So, you know, if, you, if you're looking on the outside looking in, it, it's pretty much you're going to have to look elsewhere, and there are not too many high-selling options elsewhere outside the top eight. So, yeah, again, if you are targeting any of these players still, is that you're smashing straight into ownership, so I would expect that you wouldn't be able to get any movement. Uh, in your rank, so you just got to really, you know, you're pretty much going to have to go outside these ones to try and adjust your rank there, hopefully, and just hopefully the results fall your way. Um, yeah, so McRae would be the one to get off for me first, and maybe just, yeah, towards the end, maybe Mills to flip off. You know, again, if that game if that game doesn't mean anything to Sydney and St Kilda, uh, Mills could just go off his, go nuts and just, you know, pop up a 140 quite easily, so, but if the game means a lot, you know, the Saints might be looking to shut down Mills and yeah, who knows? So, and the other way back again on Sinclair. So, just got to got to monitor game situations and and how competitive a game might be. If it looks like to be a non-existent sort of game and the, and the results are already known, whether they're going to finish in the top eight or outside the top eight, the game might not have much meaning. It might be loose contested uh, plus six top game. So, yeah, really got to factor in results and what they could be in advance as well. Already into the forward line here. So, Josh Dunkley, one hundred percent. Stephen Canelio, one hundred percent. Uh, Marcus Bontempelli, 88%. Will Brody, 72%. So he uh, had a, a uh, leg issue there, strapped up Monday on training. Uh, Ryan Daniels, Daniels has come out and obviously he's interviewed Justin Longmuir. So there's no issue with Brody playing this week, apparently. So uh, thanks for Ryan for asking that particular question. So he's at 72%. Uh, Luke Parker, 68%. Adam Talor subbed out last week. So uh, with his leg injury, so he got, you know, he's going to be questionable at least, I would think, for this week. So 44%. Mitch Duncan, low score last week, 32%, and Tim Taranto, 32%. Now, the issue with Cornelio and Taranto, now the Giants have a stack of players coming back into that team, so you've got to imagine there could be some role adjustments there, and Cornelio hasn't been playing that pretty much, that dominant, you know, accumulated top role, which we thought. His scores have still been solid, but obviously what we have seen recently, he's been used in a shutdown role, so... You know, if you're looking to jump off one, Canelio might be one, but, man, he's high, so you've really got to respect his high ceiling. So, high, highly owned there, 100% in the top 25. So, your thoughts on any one of those, Jeff? Yeah, I'll be looking to get rid of Canelio. There's a luxury trade for coaches out there. Um, again, a bit like the Bulldogs and the Jack and Crow situation. Probably, although they can hit the high ceiling scores on their day, odds on with all the, the stars around them, it's, it's going to be tougher going. So... Um, yeah, that's the forward line's a bit of an interesting one. There's a few points of difference I could look at and note um, and have a bit of fun with. Okay, who are your top three targets for round 20, assuming you don't own any? 
All right, so I've got a bit of a theme here, Pete, with my top three targets, and that's points of difference. Like I mentioned earlier, points of difference with primos, it's the time to do it. So Tom Stewart, number one for me, I think he's going to absolutely have a day out against the Bulldogs. The Bulldogs press back. Well, they don't press as hard up as, um, as other teams do, so I think there's plenty of plus sixes there for Tom Stewart and switches to play and the rest of it. So I think he's a lot for 100 plus. Carl Amon, which people might sort of, um, you know, Ben their nose at with um, why Carl Amon. Well, he's got Collingwood at the MCG, big ground. He's got Richmond the week after, then Essen, then Adelaide. So very much, very much a good run for, for Carl Amon. And um, he's obviously a big point of difference. And then if you plug in again, um, not highly owned, has a ceiling, can get it done. So he's my third one. Yeah, actually about minor Caloma one, and especially against that sort of lineup to finish off the season. Uh, and that's actually quite juicy because uh, against Collingwood, not much attention, you wouldn't have thought. Um, against Richmond, pretty much no attention. Um, Essendon maybe, but I wouldn't have thought so. But yeah, the, the final game... Um, against Adelaide, yeah, that might be just a complete fill-up. So uh, we know we can fill it up at Adelaide Oval there as well. So, yeah, might be one there. Uh, my top three, Max Gorn, uh, obviously. So what we're trying to tap into here to finish off the season is his high ceiling. Uh, and my second one here is Rowan Marshall. Uh, would be hopefully he can become that solo ruck for the remainder of the season. So, you know, Brett Ratton didn't sort of acknowledge that was going to be the case, but he did go with it last week and it actually looked quite good. So hopefully he can just hold with that for the remainder of the games of the home and away season. And my last one again, uh, just like you, is Tom Stewart. So he, I think he's going to get a stack of ownership this week though, Jeff. So I think I think most people might be flipping to that Jack Crisp um, into uh, Tom Stewart or that Jaden Short into Tom Stewart. So, yeah, no ownership now, but I've got to imagine we're going to look at this top 25 next week. I reckon it's going to be oh, above 50%, I reckon. So I reckon most in that top 25 or high-ranked coaches are going to go straight to Tom Stewart. So, talk to you. Yeah, well, hoping not, because um, he's pretty likely in my trade plans. And, um, but, you know, good coaches identify good players, so it will be what it will be. Okay, on to notable low break even. So Joy Kelly minus 28, Noah Cumberland minus 15, Ash Johnson minus 3, and Elijah Holland's great debut. I thought it was quite good, so minus 1. Thoughts there? Yeah, look, Cumberland's getting the role, isn't he? Um, and, and holding his own. I've been mildly surprised and impressed by him, especially last week. Um, Cumberland, obviously, very active in the half-forward line, and um, getting his job done too. So a couple of good options there. If you don't own Polly, it's probably the time to get on quickly. And then the cheaper, on, cheaper option, sorry, is still Holland. So plenty to work with. On to notable players. Potentially dropping in salary on the radar to target soon with a 130-plus break even. So Clayton Oliver, 144. Cam Guthrie, 141. Josh Kelly, 137. Darcy Cameron, 136. Jack Varney, 134, Andrew Brashaw, 133, Stephen Keneally, 132. At this stage of the season, Jeff, so break-evens really don't make a difference. Um, so I'd pro- pretty much ignore that. But I just, I guess if you're looking for, you know, if you're trying to upgrade to someone in a couple of weeks, that might be uh, something to keep an eye on. 
Yeah, I think it's more about ownership, though, isn't it? So as a Cornelio owner, if I hold him that one more week, he's going to drop, and if he scores an 80, a mediocre 80, say, then if I want to get rid of him next week, I've got less money to work with. So that might factor in in decisions. Um, you know, I'm not... I don't have a lot of money in my bank, so that's probably at the forefront of my mind. We've trade options, and I'm sure others as well. On to notable strong scoring output with a 115 plus average last three rounds. So Rory led 144, Callum Mills 133, Jack Steele 131, Zach Merritt 126, Luke Davies Yanaki 122, Marcus Bond Pally 120, Noah Anderson 116, Dylan Moore 115. And your thoughts on any one of those? Uh, Noah Anderson's a surprising one. I actually didn't know that. So um, he's coming into his own and I've already penciled him as a watch list for next year, but yeah, look, Laird's been amazing. They've all been in great form, especially LDU, um, in, in, you know, carrying the kangaroos the way he has. Yeah, I actually traded in Dillamore last week, so interesting. So he did start a little bit forward there. So that game at um, Blundstone Arena, is, so it's a little bit different venue, and he did start forward, and it was a wind at one end of the ground uh, for the first half at least. So... Um, Interesting that, yeah, he didn't really get there in the centre bounces early in the game, but he got there in the end. So his score got there, and he, and he did throw into the... He was thrown into the midfield there at stages. So interesting to see how Sam Mitchell plays out uh, that to finish off the season. It's playing with a little, little bit of fire, but we know he has a high ceiling. So um, so you look at Noah Anderson for next year. I'm, I'm looking right at Dylan Moore, not only for this year, uh, but, yeah, if he can find his way into that midfield... Along with Josh Ward, you know, they're players that we could be possibly targeting next next year at Hawthorne. Alrighty, Jeff, on to a few players to finish off the podcast for listeners. So appreciate those that have sent in requests uh, for players. Time to play like or dislike to finish off the podcast. We are going to do a 24 pack to finish off the pod. So first lock, first up here is uh, Tom Stewart. So it's a big lock for me. Yeah, yeah massive like right from me too, mate. mate. He, um, like I said earlier, I think he's going to go big and and hold Geelong in good stead for uh, their run to finals. On to the next one, Aaron Hall. So Lee Adams, Patch Adams, uh, interim coach for North Melbourne, said when when he took over as that interim coach that he you know he wanted to play a front half style game. And it actually just hasn't turned out that way. They're giving away still a stack of inside 50s. So uh, my thought process was that if they want to be a front-half team, you know, the inside 50 differential is not going to be uh, that significant. So therefore, that might sort of chop off a few points from Hall. But what we've seen the last couple of weeks, once we've had, I've had a really good look at it, man, they're giving away a stack. So it's right in the range of Aaron Hall. We know what we know about his soft t- tissue injuries. So, you know, that, you know, if it's not Tom Stewart, people are going to be looking at this week. It's going certainly going to be Aaron Hall. So, again, we know what we know, injury history aside, but at this stage we have to take on some elevated risk, Jeff. So it's actually going to be a big like here for me. Yeah, I, I'm actually going to say dislike. I, um, I feel like I've had enough carnage with forced trades this year. And although Aaron Hall's ceiling is there, um, it's too great a risk. And at this point, if I'm going to compare two players with each other, Tom Stewart and Aaron Hall, Although Aaron Hall's a lot cheaper, I'm still going Tom Stewart. 
On to the next one. So Clayton Oliver, so just his thumb injury, came back last week. His scores could be there, but I just want to I just want to keep away completely from that. So dislike for me. Yeah, I think he's got that well, he's gonna entice a bit of high ownership. Um but at the moment, like you said earlier, he's got a high break even. So I'll say dislike for this week. On to Chad Warner. So uh obviously it's a break, a big breakout year, he's still quite young, so um, he's obviously going to be a target from a fantasy perspective over the next few years, at least. Uh, but right at this stage to finish off the season, don't mind it for a bit of a risk option. So do like the pick. Yeah, I, I like it as well. So like massively. On to the next one. So we've, we've spoken, uh, both of us, about this previously. So Jack McRae, if we're looking to get off any type of player uh, through that you know, gridlock of you know top eight mids there. So it is McRae. So... I do like it for his scoring, but, you know, if you're looking to jump off elsewhere, um, it might be an option to get out of. But, again, you've really got to take into consideration, if you're on the outside looking in, you know, most people have got McRae, I would presume anyway. Um, yeah, he, he might be one to jump off to look elsewhere. But, you know, the one thing I've got to ask you, Jeb, is that if you're jumping off a high-ceiling type player, which McRae is, I mean, you're going to have to find some someone as equal, if not better, for the last four weeks, and it just really... Are there that many options out there to jump off McRae? So that's the question I'm going to ask you. Um, I think there is, definitely. So, look, I mentioned a couple before. McCluggage, Carlaymon, lots of points of difference that you can take the risk on. I'm willing to do it, depending on you know, team selection on Thursday night, for sure. So I'm not trying to pull the trigger. You just Jack McRae has not looked right for over a month now, so it's... Um, it's time to get off the the bandwagon, so to speak, in the high ownership and, and take this take a risk. On to so yeah, just dis, sorry, dislike really, obviously. Yep. I'm a great. Yeah, yeah. On to the next one. So Braden Proust, you know, again, it's another one of these ones with Aaron Hall. We know what we know, um, and what we know about Proust is that it's high risk. It's like. It's probably the most riskiest pick you could actually choose to finish off the season. And especially in an area of our ground in the game of fantasy of the ruck, because you've pretty much got two players. And if you don't have that flexibility, that's that's a bit of a disaster waiting to happen. So it's the highest of risks right here. So, well, I don't mind it. Um, but the only thing is McVeigh hasn't been sold on Proot. So he didn't bring him in straight away when he was available. And he, and he hasn't been too complimentary. So, you know... It's the highest risk with regards to, I mean, name, name it whatever you want, uh, injury, suspension, and potentially being dropped. So, you know, it's just, it's, well, I do like it, but you're playing with absolute fire here. No, it's just like, there's Matt Scorn, who's screaming value at the moment with his price, as well as Tim English. So, um, I know Bruce is cheaper, but we've got eight trades left for the season. I don't want to be spending one and bringing Cruz in and, and a second to trade him out later. So, no, come on, mate. On to Lockie Neal. So, I still like the pick. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. I still like it. Uh, yeah, I still think he's got that high ceiling and, and there's more coming from him for this year. So, yeah, I'll say that. Jared Witt. So, a bit of an alternative here to, you know, Darcy, Marshall, English. Uh, Gorn, but he's that second tier below them. So, if he, from that point of view, I do dislike. Yeah, just like he just doesn't do enough around the ground for, for my liking. Darcy Cameron, so, you know, the bubble burst last week, did it or did it not? Or was it just an, a bit of an anomaly? So um, he's been outstanding. And even if you did cop that score on the weekend, you know, what you had previously is just massive overs from what I thought he could 
be as an airport. Now, for those that do own Darcy Cameron, it's, it's, it's heading towards Grundy not playing this week and potentially next week. So you still might be a bit of a run there. So I'd be willing to hold at this stage. Um, and that's pretty much what I'm going to be doing because, you know, obviously Cox was in that ruck a fair bit on the weekend. And what we have talked about on this podcast previously is that Collingwood will start their rucks and they don't know their plan beyond that. They'll start and see how the game is panning out for them. So we did know that Collingwood did start the game well on the weekend. Obviously, the game went after the siren, which was amazing. But anyway, I digress. But, you know, the Pies did start the game well and that was, you know, Cameron starting well. You know, it's not necessarily going to be the case again this week. So what happened previous uh, on Sunday doesn't necessarily have to be the case this week. So, you know, they'll start the game potentially in Cameron uh, forward again or Ruck, and they'll just see how the game plays out against Port Adelaide. And don't forget against Port Adelaide this week, right, if they don't bring Tickle back into that team, and it doesn't sound like Hayes is any time going to be back into that team or Port Adelaide any time soon, um, and like I said, it's not available. It's a good matchup against um, Charlie Dixon and Finn Layson. So, you know, for those who have Cameron, I'm holding. And that's particular. It's a really good matchup this week. I like the pick still. Yeah, I like it too, mate. I, um, I still think, um, yeah, there's a lot to come from it. Um, but, yeah, the, he, he's still got... That role change was, was a bit ordinary. It's easy to jump off either way, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Oh, look, I don't, I don't, um, I don't mind people, you know, obviously taking the option to get out of there, but there's still some positives to play out with that. At least, you know, the, the, obviously the main one is Grundy not coming back into that team. Already on to the next one. So we're looking at uh, Max Gorn. So I do like the pick there. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, Royal Marshall. So hopefully it's solo work for the remainder of the year. If that's the case, we, he could be hitting high ceiling. So I do like the pick. Yeah, love it. Tim Taranto, so a stack of players coming back into that team for GWS. Um, you know, if he's, he's going to spend some time forward, so alternative there. I don't think he's a big problem at this stage. He still can get there anyway, so I still like the pick, but pending what's happening with that Giants team to finish off the year, Jeff. Um, yeah, that's, again, an interesting one. I feel like he had a good game. Um, players come back in Kelly um, and Perryman even now, so... There's, There's a, a bit, bit happening, happening there, so I'll say dislike. On to the next one. So Connor Rosie. So it's a bit of an alternative here. Does have a high ceiling. Uh, Port, the season's fading away a little bit, but yeah, I, I'd expect Rosie still to be in that midfield there. Yeah, yeah I, I do too, so, and I think I think it's a like. Although he's he's still not showing that high ceiling, has he? But um, I'll, I'll still say that. On to the next one. So we have got Hayden Young. So, you know, we did see a big ceiling game from his last week, from him last week, but that was at Marvel Stadium, pretty dry game and pretty easy to score when there's not much scoring. It was just, you know, D50 to D50 there. So it's not going to be the case always, but he has been actually really consistent, Jeff. So I don't mind the pick. Yeah, I'll say dislike. I think it's just a little bit early and with the other talent around in that defensive line. I'll, um, I'll, I'll say just like that. On to the next one. So, Jack Crit, I think it's time to move on if you can. Yeah, it's a big different for sure. I, I agree with that. I'll say just like. On to the next one there. So, Callum Mills. Um, again, uh, centre bounce usage has declined a little bit, but his scores are still there. Yeah, I'm going to still say like, mate. I think um, 
Sydney are vying for their, their spot in the finals um, and, you know, peaking at the right time too. So I think he'll be fine. Like, On to the next one there. So Tuke Miller, uh, big like here for me. Uh, yeah, naturally. Yeah, he's going to be one of the best going forward for the next four weeks, no doubt. Like, on to the next one there. Christian Petrarca, a bit of an alternative here. Um, I don't mind the pick. Um, we know he can get there, but the Demons have been struggling recently. So, you know, is that knocked off Petrarca's really high ceiling games of what we did see early part of the season? So, um, I don't mind the pick, though. Uh, I'll say dislike for this week. Uh, let's reassess once his price comes down a bit. On to Patrick Cripps. Yeah, that, like it was a great game on the weekend, I thought, from Cripps. Um, but I don't think it's going to be like that for the remainder of the season. Or, you know, if we're talking eight, top eight mids, I don't think he's anywhere near that. So it's a bit of a leap of faith that he can get back to his high ceiling top games, which he can. But yeah, I just don't, I, I just can't see it. Like if you want to jump onto it and he does, good luck to you. But I just can't see it being that 120 plus average for the finish off the season. Yeah, I agree. I honestly dislike him. You know, he plays Adelaide this week. Um, I think, and not having um, George Hewitt around probably helped him a little as well. But even still, it's still a dislike. On to Dylan Moore. So I do like the pick. Obviously, I went there on the weekend. I do like the pick. High ceiling um, type player, especially through that midfield there. So you've got to imagine if he's going to see any type of midfield usage, you only need it to be moderate or better then he's going to get there with regards to his scores. And, and he has shown when he gets, collects a stack of ball that he's got a monster ceiling. So I like the pick. Yeah, I'm a proud owner as well, buddy. Um, he's been in my team for a couple of weeks now. So Saints, Gold Coast, Richmond and Bulldogs to finish the year. It's a pretty decent run. So, yeah, like... Dane Zorko. Uh, we know, again, another one of these players, we know what we know with Zorko. Uh, injury prone a little bit, especially this year. Um, and the score is just—it's just not that you know monster ceiling anymore. So it's fluctuating their scores and a big dislike here for me. Yeah, I want to say dislike, mate. Again, it's, it comes back to like guys like Cruz and Aaron Hall. The, the injury risk. There's seriously eight trades remaining for the year. We don't want to be burning two on on an injury, well potentially two on a player like Zorko. Joy Kelly, um, outstanding start to his career, and I think it's a bright feature ahead, so I like the pick with regards to if you're looking to, you know, spend down a lot uh, to facilitate some other moves after the final weeks of the season, I do like the pick, and he can offer you a pretty solid cover right now, Jeff. Yeah, and that's it, but this cover only is, although his role's there and he's, he's a great tackler, um, I don't think we can rely too much beyond 80 points a game. I think that's a bit of an outlier. Um, hopefully I'm on, obviously, obviously being a West Coast supporter, but, yeah, Cully's back up only. Sean Darcy, so, yeah, just it's not enough, and we just haven't seen these high-ceiling games, Jep, so a disappointing season from a fantasy perspective for Darcy because I had high hopes that he could really smash it, and it just really hasn't been there on a consistent basis. So from that perspective, that's a dislike for me. Yeah, dislike for me as well. I'm an owner, and he's absolutely getting traded this week, uh, pending... Teams on Thursday. On to the last one. So, Tom Liberatore. So, yeah, yeah I, I just think he's just a, that really tier below the premium scoring mid. So, from that point of view, that's a dislike for me. Yeah, dislike for me as well. 
Okay, final thoughts ahead of round 20. Just enjoy the round footy and keep the spot on those role changes for the lesser teams, trying a few things. Um, you know, we can get creative in these last few rounds, so don't be shy to pull the trigger on a Brayshaw or a Jack McRae, like we said, throughout the pod. It's, um, it's time to get creative. You can't live and die by... Um, some decisions and it's all a bit, it's, you know, it's a game ultimately in the end, so um, don't die on it. Yeah, and basically the same lines for me is that, you know, obviously if you've got your process quite right, um, you can make an informed decision and then obviously the results will play out as they do. So I wouldn't be too um, upset or happy based on results. It's just that if you go through your process, you look at your matchups and you come to a conclusion that that is the right trade well then that that's, that is the case there as well Alrighty, jeff all the best for the listeners this week hopefully you can crush out a score and jeff all the best to you this week as well same to you mate thanks guys